You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about healthy communication, specifically five tips to improve your relationship communication. I think that communication is one of those areas where the vast majority of us are operating on autopilot without necessarily having the awareness or the tools to know where we might be getting in our own way or where we might be blocking connection and understanding. I think that communication is something that we learn so subconsciously. We absorb by osmosis from our family system, from whatever other environments or relationships we've lived through. And so it's really one of those areas where we can benefit a lot from bringing conscious awareness that goes for most things in relationship, but certainly when it comes to communication. And the great thing about communication is it's really skills-based, right? So whereas some of the areas might have some more emotional density to them, communication is one of those areas where with a few practical tweaks and shifts, you can see a really significant return on investment very quickly. So I'm hoping that with today's episode and the tips that I'm going to share with you, you can really start putting them into practice right away and start noticing really positive changes in the way that you communicate with your partner and everyone else in your life. So before we dive into that, I just want to share the review of the week. This one is a little long, so I'm just going to share part of it, but it says, I found Stephanie and wow, I feel like I found the last piece to the puzzle. I finally feel like I have a good grasp on where my feelings are coming from, how to advocate for my needs and how to communicate effectively with my partner. She calmly and lovingly explains the areas of error for people and practical ways to heal. I feel a sense of calmness now in my relationship and when anxiety does arise, I feel confident on how to address it. She also helps me to see the perspective of those around me, which has helped me to see that many people do love me and care about me despite my fears. I'm so grateful to her and this podcast. Please have a listen. It will help you in your relationships immensely. Thank you so much. If that was your review, please shoot me a DM on Instagram or send an email to support at stephanierig.com and I will send you a small gift as a way to say thank you for taking the time. And if you would like me to read out your review on the show, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I select one randomly each week as a way to say thank you, as it is really the most effective way for me to continue to grow the podcast and get the word out. And so it can reach and help more people. So if you do enjoy the podcast, it is super appreciated if you can take a moment to leave a rating and a review. Okay, let's get into it. Five tips for healthy relationship communication. The first one that I want to offer you is wherever possible, be specific rather than general in your communication. So this applies to expressions of your needs. It applies to requests. It applies to feedback or complaints or criticism, negative things and positive things, basically. So in the interest of taking my own advice here, I'm going to give you some specific examples. The kinds of things we want to avoid here are you always do this. You never do that. Making these big universal kind of comments, 
And those things, not only is someone going to invariably feel attacked on the receiving end of you always, you never comments, but it's also not very tangible or helpful, right? Because while it may feel very real to you, the other person probably isn't experiencing it in that way. So definitely avoid those always never universal generalization kinds of words when you're communicating with your partner, particularly around sensitive topics. And then for the more positive things or, you know, requests and needs, we don't want to be saying things like, I want more connection or I want us to communicate better or I want us to spend more time together. Those things are fine as a starting point and it's good for you to identify what the sort of umbrella need is. But in order to increase your chances and really maximize your chances of getting the need met, we want to be as specific as possible in formulating the request. Now, I know that that can take the romance out of it. And in an ideal world, of course, we would love for our partner to be able to read our mind and intuit what we need and fill in the blanks and get it perfectly right every time. But the reality is that we're all coming from different places and what's obvious to me might not be obvious to you. And so if I want to really maximize my chances of getting what I need, I'm going to have to ask for it. So if you've got resistance to asking for what you want, that's something to really work on uh, because that really is the most direct route to getting those needs met. So for example, rather than saying, I want to feel more connected to you, it's saying, I want to feel more connected to you. Would you be open to spending two nights a week where we put our phones away and play a board game instead of watching TV or something like that, putting it very, very specifically, because then not only, again, are you more likely to get exactly what you want or a much closer approximation of what you had in mind, but there's very little room for misunderstanding, you know, your partner misconstruing what you meant, you having different expectations, and then subsequently having an argument about it because you think that they've agreed and then reneged on what you agreed to, whereas they just had a different understanding of what those things meant or what that request, what the substance of it really was. So help yourself out by being very specific and in so doing, you're much more likely to get what you need. Okay. The next one that I want to offer you is validate your partner. So this is so powerful and so easy. Validation might sound like that makes sense. I can understand your point of view. I hadn't thought about it like that, or that had never occurred to me. I can see where you're coming from. Any of these concessions that essentially acknowledge your partner, let them feel seen and understood that sort of communicates this sense of there is validity in what you were saying. And I recognize that I'm not just trying to fight you for the sake of fighting you. We're not enemy combatants in this conversation. And I am mature enough to concede, not necessarily that you're right and I'm wrong. Like we almost want to leave that kind of dualistic mindset to the side altogether and just acknowledging that there's room for both of your experiences in the conversation, because that's really what's going to allow you both again, to put your guards down and access those more nuanced, empathetic parts of your brain, rather than being in this survival mode where you're both feeling really threatened by each other. And so you're both jumping to attack, defend. So it's such a great, it's not like you have to say you agree with them. It's just almost an acknowledgement that they're not crazy and you don't fundamentally disagree with everything that they're saying. So if you can validate them 
by saying those really easy gives of, I hadn't thought about it like that, or that makes sense, or yeah, I hear you, that's a good point. Anything like that is going to immediately diffuse conflict and bring the temperature way down. Contrast that with cutting them off or saying, no, that's you, you don't understand, that's not what I said, or whatever. Arguing with them about their emotional experience is so invalidating. And again, it's just going to get someone on the defensive and your conflict will escalate and escalate, and nothing good comes of that. So, this is a really powerful way to nip that in the bud and bring the heat back down. Okay, the next one I want to offer you is this is possibly my favorite because I think it's so powerful and really, really helps to build connection in those moments where things could really go the other way. And that is to narrate what's going on for you. Narrate your inner experience. What do I mean by this? Rather than getting defensive, say, I notice myself becoming defensive. I can feel myself getting defensive, right? Before you actually do it. Or rather than saying something rude or nasty, throwing a hand grenade, say, I'm noticing myself getting really angry at you and I don't want to do that. It creates this distance from the emotion of your experience and allows you to invite your partner into what you're experiencing while also not just spewing it all over them, right? Not just projecting whatever your emotional experience is, not just becoming dysregulated and letting the horse bolt. You're pausing, you're noticing, and you're letting them in. And that can be really powerful in, again, bringing the temperature down, slowing everything down and allowing you to connect rather than to really spiral into ugly conflict that, you know, is much harder to come back from. Another version of this that is really beautiful. And I think particularly this can be a good one for more avoidant partners because during conflict for avoidant people, it's quite common to kind of blank out, to struggle to find words, to kind of numb out, to it's almost like, you know, your brain leaves the building a bit. And something that can be really helpful for you, particularly if you've got an anxious partner, because for them, they tend to speed up during conflict. You know, they go a million miles an hour, they keep escalating, they keep trying to get engagement. And if you're shutting down and, you know, from the outside, it looks like you're disengaged, then they're probably just going to keep escalating and that's not going to end very well. So something that you can do if you are more avoidant and you do find yourself not knowing what to say and really needing some space, rather than saying nothing, again, narrate your experience by saying, I don't know what to say. I hear what you're saying. I understand, but I don't have the words to respond right now can we revisit this in an hour or something? Can we talk about this again tomorrow? I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed. Let your partner in and that is going to go so far in alleviating the distress they're feeling because as much as you might be talking about any number of topics, your anxious partner's stress is about the fact that they feel like they can't reach you. It's not actually about the thing you're talking about. That kind of That's level one and then it tends to go deeper than that. So let them into your experience and that's giving them the comfort they need while also allowing you the space to not necessarily have the answer, not necessarily know what you think yet, but it kind of just buys you some time and space while also letting them get what they need. Okay. The fourth tip that I want to offer you is to use I statements rather than you statements. This again is very simple and exactly how it sounds. So rather than saying you know, you did this, you always do that. You never did this. Why would you do that? How could you think this? You make me feel that is another big one. Use I statements. So I felt this, I am feeling this. When X happened, 
I became really whatever. So ground it all in your experience, orient it from your experience, because in doing that, you're taking ownership of the fact that your interpretation of the situation is your interpretation of the situation, right? We're not framing it as a judgment, as an evaluation, as an accusation, as criticism, as blame. Because as soon as you start going, you, this, you, that, that's how it sounds, right? Even if you think you're perfectly justified and they really did do all of those things, they're never going to be able to receive it if that's how it's coming across. So frame it in terms of your own experience and someone is much more likely to be able to hear you and engage empathically with the substance of what you're saying, including how their behavior may have created that or impacted you in a negative way. So use I statements rather than you statements. And as a side note, if you start trying to implement this, I think you'll be surprised at how rarely you use I statements. Cause I think most of us, again, default when we're feeling threatened, when we're feeling defensive or hurt, that we immediately go to talk about the other person and, and all of the reasons why they're wrong and bad <laughs> and why it's their fault. We really want to shift it away from ourselves. When we can bring that back to ourselves, it makes for a much healthier, safer conversation. The last one that I want to offer you is sort of a general takeaway and almost a theme in all of this is take responsibility for your part. Again, when we are in conflict, when we're in difficult conversations, it's really easy to say the other person's the reason to shirk responsibility and shift the blame onto our partner in all the ways that they are creating a negative pattern in our relationship. But the reality is that all of these patterns are co-created That's not to try and distribute fault or blame. If anything, it's trying to, again, remove that lens altogether and just look at in what ways am I contributing to the situation that I'm in? In what ways am I participating in this dynamic that has us really stuck and at each other's throats? In what ways could I start to make changes and step out of that pattern and potentially, you know, bring my partner along with me, invite my partner into a new way of relating? I think what blocks a lot of people from doing this is not wanting to go first because that feels like a concession. And when we're hurt, we don't want to concede that we've done anything wrong because we so want to be validated in our hurt. And we so want someone else to take responsibility for the ways in which they've hurt us before we have to take responsibility. And while that's very normal and understandable, it's also not really going to get you any closer to what you ultimately want, which is connection and empathy and closeness and feeling seen and understood. So if you can, you know, take the high road, take responsibility, apologize, even when it feels like the hardest thing in the world to do, just try and remove that lens of there's a good guy and a bad guy of blame, of right and wrong, and just look at the ways in which your behavior is contributing, take ownership of it and do what you can to step out of the pattern and trust that is only going, you know, pay dividends for the quality of your relationship. So just to recap, those were the five tips for healthy communication in your relationship. They were be specific rather than general, both in, you know, any feedback that you're giving to your partner, but also requests that you have for them. Validate your partner's experience. So tell them that makes sense. I can understand that. I see why you'd feel that way. Narrate your inner experience. So I notice that I'm becoming defensive. I'm feeling overwhelmed rather than just leaning into that experience as the primary emotion and acting out from that place. 
using I statements. So rather than you always do this, you never do that. How could you, you made me feel, bring it back to your experience and come from that place in your sharing and take responsibility for your partner dynamic and where appropriate, you know, take ownership and apologize for the ways in which you may have caused harm or you may have contributed to an unhealthy pattern. I hope that that's been helpful. As always, if you can take the time to leave a quick review or a rating, it really does help so much. But otherwise, thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.